and helping us focus on the important things of life. So, Father God, speak through me like you never have before as we all grow together and, and fix our eyes on you and fix our eyes on things that are most important. We appreciate it, Father. And Jesus, we do pray. Amen. <clears throat> uh, the scripture that I want to kind of set our, our focus on, huh, no pun intended, but it's going to be Colossians. Nope, not that one. Proverbs 4.25. It says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Now, I have a couple of questions. I like the word it says in the beginning, it says, let your eyes. Our eyes tend to look what? Always. Forward. Their ultimate objective is to always look forward. Now, what are the reasons why people look to the left or to the right or behind them? Let's start with left and right. Why do we or people tend to focus? First of all, let's, let's ask this question. What are the things that people look at to their left and right? Uh, corners or uh, roads. I was going to say corners because people like to cut corners and have I see what you're saying. I, I knew he was going with that. So they looking to cut corn. They're looking to cheat, right? Someone else. What are some things that people tend to get distracted left and right? Other people. There we go. So why do we tend to look to people to our left and right? See what they're doing. See what they're doing. Checking your surroundings. See what they think about us. Okay. Their parents. Yep. So the issue is when we look to the left or the right, for those who run track, right? Do you understand that if I focus on how they're running in their lane, you slow down, right? So our focus should be what? Forward. Why? What's forward? Goals, finish lines, right? The issue with us is that because we feel insecure about our abilities or we feel insecure about our ability to run in our lanes, we look at other people, right? And then when you look at other people in the different lanes they're in, we begin to slow down. Appreciate you. We begin to slow down and we begin to lose sight of what it is that we should be fighting for. And comparison, they say, is a thief of joy. How, what, what does that quote mean to you? Comparison is a thief of joy. Or how does comparison rob us of joy? Yes. Yeah. You don't get your true value That's right. Because when I compare myself to someone else, that's me subconsciously saying they're the source of my worth. They determine my value, right? But when we keep our eyes forward or upward, we are focusing on things that's going to really push us and develop us. That's why it's very important for us to let our gaze and let our eyes look forward. Because if we do not do what our eyes tend to do, then we'll never do what we desire to do. Why do you think people look backwards? What's back there for a lot of people that distracts them? The, oh, that okay. All right. All right. All right. She crossed her legs too. That, okay. Holy Spirit, let me know we should sit here. So, so why the past? So expound. Yeah, there we go. Expound. She got a word in her belly right now. The past. What's, what's back there? I'm not for you, but I mean, generally, there we go. Okay, so why, so how does relationships looking backwards hinder us from going and focusing on things forward? Because you could focus on your ex instead of like focusing on like the next person that you should be with, but you're not gonna be with because you're focused on the person that was back there. Mm. Preach, girl. <laughs> Anything else in there, prophetess? <laughs> Anything else in there? So that's true. That's true. I say this in a lot of my videos: is that. You're, you're unable 
to focus on your next if you develop or focused on your ex, right? And the issue is, is that if you can't X out your ex, right, you will not be able to hold your next. And a lot of us, the reason why our next is never in our grasp is because we find our significance or it could be that we lost ourselves in that person. See, relationships become an idol. Relationships distract folk. That's why you should never, now hear me when I say this, it's, it's not wise to be in a relationship if you don't know you, right? Because if the person wants you and you don't know you, you won't be able to really find the real you because you'll begin to identify yourself with that individual. Now that person becomes your worth. Now, now because, because I tell people all the time, if I jump in the hole of a person's heart, that only God can feel, I'll be falling forever. Because only God can feel that. And so, like, if I try to jump in the heart of a child who's looking for a father figure, if I don't teach her first about the Heavenly Father, him first about the Heavenly Father, I'm just going to be falling forever, trying to compensate with what a dad didn't do, right? And so, if there's a daddy issue or a mommy issue in someone, you're going to be falling forever. That's why you got to say, okay, what hole do I have in my heart that I'm trying to get someone else to feel, or what am I trying to do? Because if you try to feel something that God can only feel, that person will never get healed, neither will you. But relationships are very dangerous because we don't really, we, some of us didn't feel love early, right? And so it, 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 now we're focusing on who can I be with or get with so that I can feel like somebody. Listen, you got to first, the first relationship that you have to fundamentally have founded is a, being a child of God. Why is being a child of God the ultimate position out of all other positions a person may want? What is so significant about knowing and being aware that I'm a child of God? Yes. Because once you know that you're a child of God, everything else kind of follows through. It falls through. And why? Well, once you find yourself self-work in God, then what your parents say to you, whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter. What people say around you doesn't matter because you already know who you are. That's right. Like validation from a human being doesn't really have much clout anymore. I always say this. It's hard to be impressed by people when I'm always in awe of God. When I know God personally, people can't really impress me that good. Like it's like, oh, that was cute. That was good. But I know God. And when I know that I'm a child of his, then I can really be a husband now. I can really be a man now before I can be a husband. I, I, I can now function as a man independently. Now I can focus as a husband independently and now a father independently. Nephew, not nephew, but son, uncle, whatever. Because when I know who he is, now I don't have to look for validation. My niece don't, if I have to wait for my niece to say something to make me feel good as an uncle, then I can't really be an uncle. If I'm waiting for my wife to say something to make me feel like I'm appreciated, then I would depreciate in value. I have to already know that I'm accepted because when I know that I'm accepted, who cares about people's rejection? So the sting you feel when you reject it shows you what you view as your protection. It's like if I have a relationship now, I'm solid. If this person in my school, in my college and at work or whatever if she looks at me differently, if he looks at me differently, now I feel differently Then you have a, a particular problem. That's why it's important to say, okay, who has their focus on me? Because if God, like, do you understand that God's omnipresence means that he is 100% attentive to each and every one of us at the same time? Meaning that he is not distracted by your problems and be like, Josh, I get back to you in about 20 minutes. 
God's omnipresence, I have, he says, you have my full, undivided attention always. And when I know that I have God's focus, then I don't have to worry about focusing on who's focused on me or not, right? And that's a challenge at this age, man. Because at this age, like when they say between the ages of zero to 11, your, your parents' words mean everything. And then 12 until about 25, your peers' mean, words means everything. You Right now, y'all in the peer age. Where it's like, for some of you, I'm not saying all of y'all, but it, generally in this generation, it's like if my peers see me as something, now I feel validated. So now everyone's flocking to the newest fashion, flocking to the newest devices, flocking, flocking, flocking versus stocking, 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 stocking in themselves the things that people can really buy and sell from you. But that's what our mentalities have to shift. Where we say, okay, God, thank you for giving me your undivided attention. Now I can give what you want my undivided attention. Because everybody at your age is almost distracted. Imagine if you, I was talking to, who was I talking to? And I was telling them, yeah, I was, uh, uh, she is not in college right now. She didn't go to Victor, but she's not in college. And we met, or we talked the other day because I'm coaching her. And she felt a certain kind of way because all her friends in college. I said, girl, stack your money. Mm-hmm. I said, if, if all these people are going to college, right, and all these people are focused on what they can get, you can get this paper now. So if you focus on whatever, and that doesn't mean their route is bad. It just means don't be sad on your route. How many roads is it to get to this building? A lot of ways to get here. So if you always focused on the road best traveled, you will miss out on your road that you're supposed to travel because it is not about the destination. It's about how the process develops you. Most of us focus so much on focusing on the prize versus focusing on how the process is developing me. So we were talking about how the word of God says, keep your eyes straight. Oh, let your eyes. That means our eyes t- were so created to look forward. Our eyes, I can't see back here unless I turn here. Right. So my eyes are always forward. So that means that if I look to my left and right, then I'm telling myself subconsciously these things determines my worth. Let's keep going. Let's go over some points real quick. Um, it says, let your eyes, or our eyes was created to look forward. We talked about why do people look to the left or to the right and others behind in their past. And you said relationships, right? What else is behind people that people lose focus on and turn back to look at? Deaths. Deaths. Why, how does death or grieving affect our focus? Yeah. That's real. Death is tough, man. You know, and um, and next 20 years, next 20, 25 years, I'm probably going to suffer some deaths in my family. I have to be prepared for when my mom dies, my dad dies. I can't I can't fall into the depths of grief because of someone's death, because I still got to finish something. And that's a tough pill to swallow because death is part of life. But we shouldn't allow death to hinder us from living, right? So what else is back there that we tend to lose focus on forward that we turn and look backwards? Go ahead, Swear. Oh, yeah. Okay. I feel like sometimes also like death of an air, like an era. So like y'all getting deep today. Still, okay. Like, okay. They hate that high school is ending, so they still mm. kind of be like, I guess, childish in a sense, like being in, uh, doing parties and stuff like that, or like still living the hoop dreams, but like babies over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, like some people <coughs> are like so obsessed with being comfortable and like of what is known, and they're scared of the unknown. So yeah. They try to create what's known, I guess. And they try to live. And, and one thing, even in my life right now, I don't. I don't focus on tomorrow. Like the Bible says, tomorrow has its own troubles, right? If I focus on tomorrow, it's going to be hard for me to be present. If I look in the past, it's going to be hard for me to be present, right? And one thing, <clears throat> I mean, I had the same hoop dreams. <laughs> that, that thing been dead long and y'all been alive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's gone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thank God. <it's laughs> but imagine me. Got all the hoop and drip on. Imagine if you saw me with that. I got this leg exposed and I got this, this, the, this with some things, the pants. I got the socks. I got the, I got the gear. And I'm out here still, I'm at the pro-am, I'm at the, I'm trying to get, you'll be like, Mr. Ez, let it go. It's over, man. You can get a couple of buckets, but it's over. You're 36, man, right? But a lot of people, they may not be wearing the gear outside, but the gear they're wearing on the inside. It's like, I'm not willing to change because I don't want this to change. And it's like, fam, it's unfair to people in your life if you don't improve. You do the people around you a disservice if you don't improve. If, like I said before, <clears throat> I like I, many analogies I give this. Like I can't date my wife today like I dated her when I met her, because she's changing in front of me right now. Like she's becoming position. She's a mother now, but I can't date the non-mother Brittany because the date of non-mother Brittany, I'm not going to catch up to the Brittany she's becoming. So I have to get ahead of her. I got to say, okay, I see what she's going through right now. I got to get ahead of her so I can meet her with the, the husband she needs, not the husband I was. And so think about your kids right now. Like they said, a wise man thinks about their children's children, right? So right now I have to constantly improve for baby girl's girl or son, right? I have to be ready for them. And so you got to start thinking about that now. I don't want y'all thinking about kids trying to make them. But what I'm saying is, you, you, okay, you, you gotta, you gotta think about them though. You know what I'm saying? All right. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, Mr. Ed said, I gotta make my baby. I'm thinking about my kids. I gotta hurry up and get them out here. No, no, that ain't what I'm saying. That ain't what I'm suggesting. But what I am suggesting is, <laughs> this one turned to a left. My bad. Let me get back on the road. Let me focus. Let me get back on the road. But what I am saying, the hands, the hands calm me down. What I am saying is that I have to have such, such foresight such forward thinking that I don't care about what other people are doing because I got to be. That's why they call us human beings. Beings. Like, we're the only beings on the earth. Like, right now, uh, a lion can't be nothing but a lion. A giraffe can't only be, it can only be a giraffe. It can't evolve, right? For us, we're the only ones that can be different than what we was meant to be. We're supposed to be human beings becoming like I have to continue to be who it is that I was created to be. And that's what we got to focus. OK, God, what habits in my life will be hurtful to my children's children? Because one thing as a man, I don't want to be a grandfather and still working. And my kids, my kids, kids ain't going to have nothing set up for them. I don't want to die without without having a full will, where it's like, I know that on my deathbed, I know that when I pass these things on, they can go on. They can, they don't have to dip. That's why I told my economics class, I said, is, was God the God of Abraham? Was he just the God of Abraham? The Bible says the God of who? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. <laughs> so that's three generations. 
If he was just the God of Abraham, then cool. And I talked about this the other day in my economics class. I said there's two names that that we have. Forget the middle name, but we have two names that are the most significant names in our name. My first name is me. My last name is my legacy. If Joshua's not good, if Joshua's not improving, the Azzy legacy falls, right? So we got to be thinking about how is Joshua, not, don't think about me, but how is your first name? How are you? That's the most personal name you have is your first name. Your last name is legacy, especially for men. It's like I said in economics. I said, man, once that baby come out of the womb, figuratively, metaphorically, I'm putting a jersey on her. And what's on the back of that jersey? My last name. And I want her to be at a place where she won't date a man, won't even consider a man, unless that man's last name is equal to value of his father's last name. Because if my, if my last name is good, she's going to be looking for someone that has similarities or she's going to put a hyphen. <laughs> right? And I won't suggest to do the hyphen because I'm like, move on. That's your, that's your man's name. You know, move on. But it's flattering. I appreciate you, baby girl. And, and I have a little talk with him. Like, man, she's going to put a hyphen in that family if you don't get your stuff together. But that's what focus is. Is that I have to focus on who I need to be. Because I say this all the time. Ten years from now, you will meet your future you. And your future you is going to either be pissed off at you or proud of you. Your decisions right now. When I, man, when I go back, I don't do this. But I'm saying if I was, if I go back and talk to the 26-year-old me, man, I appreciate him. He looked out. Now I got to have a conversation with the 46-year-old me. What do you need, man? What do you need from me right now? Because when I get 46, I don't want you looking at me side-eyed, talking about, man, I wish you would have. I don't want to be dead by 46. I got some health changes to change. You know what I'm saying? This baby girl got me motivated. I can't, I can't be dying off on both of them. I, I got to get things together because I want to see 46 fit. See what I'm saying? And so when you have those conversations... And you talk to the six-year-old you, and you talk to the 26-year-old you, those conversations are important. Because the six-year-old you is still hurting for some of you all. That seven-year-old is still hurting for some of you all. And you got to tell that seven-year-old you, we, we okay. However home was back then, we good. You got to settle those tears of your seven years, Right. And then you got to talk to that, t that, that 26, 27-year-old you and say, what do you need from me today? Because the focus of today will determine the fruits you eat from tomorrow. And I think I said this last, last week. It's like if you could print, if not print, if you can plant uh, a particular thing right now that you can eat forever. Y'all said, some of y'all said mangoes. Some of y'all said y'all would get some chickens or whatever y'all said. Right? Fried chickens. Okay. Whatever, whatever you want to, to live and live on. Right? But the trees that you're planting right now will determine the fruit you will eat later. And so focus is important because the game of this age is Pop Warner. It ain't even worth anything. It ain't even real. When you get to my age, that's when it's real. Money's real then. <laughs> Decisions are real then. Choices are So right now, y'all playing in a league that y'all are signing up for. That ain't, not, ain't worth nothing. I'm talking about what people are competing for right now. People are competing for attention. People are competing for love. People are competing for stuff. And it's like, this ain't even a real league. 
Because when you get my age, the league is different. It's a different game. And so if you're expecting to be on those LeBron levels and stuff like that, you got to say, hey, man, I, I got to practice for that league and not another league. Uh, we'll be done in about 10 minutes. Let me see if I got some more points here. Um, we said definition of focus is the center of interest and in activity. It says being focused is having a clear goals and objectives with actions dedicated to accomplishing those goals or objectives. We said the problem last week was uh, many people are either too distracted or not distracted enough. And what that means is they're either too distracted on the wrong things or not distracted enough on the right things. I have to find distractions against my distractions. Meaning that when I'm tempted to look at this, I got to have something better than that to focus on. Um, focus must be prioritized. Right now, you got to look at your life and engage. How much focus do I give? So can I get someone to say, okay, what are five things in your life that has a percentage of your focus? Yes. Myself. Yourself. Yes, ma'am. Yes, honey. <laughs> Exposed. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Out of the heart, the mouth speak. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. My bad. I took a nap. I took a nap before I got here, so I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> man, you number seven. You seven. Harmony, you number seven, girl. I'm sorry. I understand what you say. I understand. But focus has changed based upon what you're what you're in. Like, like right now, like I can't like right now I can't life coach everybody right now. I life coach maybe twenty five people this summer. But now I got school now, so now I'm trimming down what was what was priority over the summer can't be priority now because I can't come from school coaching y'all to be on the phone for an hour even though that, even though that money's good but my time is better. Money ain't the best thing. That's why they say time is money. That's a lie. Time is not money. Because I heard someone say that if you, someone said that if, uh, if I was to give you a check for a million dollars, would you take it? It depends. Hey, there we go. The condition. But you die once I give it to you. When do I die? Right. <laughs> she said 10 minutes. I'm going to the, for them last 10 minutes, I'm spinning. No, no, when you, as soon as I give you the check, you die as soon as you touch the check. That shows, that shows you value what more than what? Your life, which is your time. I always say, people, you spell, you spell life, T-I-M-E, or you spell time, L-I-F-E. That's how you spell it. So if time is money, then you'll be burning all of your time for money. The goal is, is, is the value. So right now... Even though I can make more money, but I will lose more life because now I'm, I'm, I'm working 14, 15 hours unnecessarily. So when God is your trust, you don't have to wait anyway. Back to your. So those five things, right? They have to be prioritized. Now, let's say in those five things, God is number five, track number one, school number two. Friend. So how would how would the management of those five things work if, if those if in that order? Track number. I'm just. I'm just randomly putting things. So right now, like I have to depend on God. Like I got a schoolgirl dude, and like 
34 days. Yeah. I have no idea how it's going to get changed. Yeah. But literally every single time that I've depended on God for this thing to change, yeah. it happens. So if I was to be like, yeah, track is my thing, like, I'm going to get money from that. Literally, I talked to the girls that are signed on the track team. The school is some kind of way, like, running out of money. They literally wow. cannot depend on the track team to, like, keep their scholarship. Like, they cannot depend on that. So if I'm sitting up there doing that, I'm not going to have any money. I'm not going to be able to keep going to school. I'm not even going to be able to keep competing. So yeah. why would I do that? Like, yeah. That just shows that everything up under one will fail you. I say this all the time is that God just can't be number one. He has to be at the center of everything on your list. God just can't be number one in my life, but not in the center of my marriage or my marriage will self-destruct. Right. I have to depend on him to be the core of everything else. or I'm going to be poor in everything else. And if God is just number one, then it's like, OK, I worship you. I give and all that kind of stuff. But then everything self-destructs. I have to put my focus in proper areas. That means there'll be sometimes I have to go talk to them. I have to practice these different things because in life, money will distract you. Ambitions will distract you. You will still tend to give your focus to something else more than him. But when you realize none of those things work without him, they may work for a period. I can run on me on my ministry. I can run on me for a little bit, but I can't run on me for all of it. So I got to make sure that my gas is full of the Holy Spirit and not just my own self. Um, we'll finish. We'll do a part three next week. Uh, let me let me check to make sure if there's anything I want to that Holy Spirit may want to share. Next week, we'll talk about how to increase and stay focused. I spelled the word focus, F-O-U-F-O-C-U-S-E-D. All right. And uh, we'll talk about that. And the last thing I'm going to say is this. Your desired outcomes will determine your disciplined outputs. So if your desired outcome is success, you got to start investigating what is required of me in discipline to make sure this thing is a part of my life. You have to determine what you desire to be the outcome of your life. And what I always say is it has to be something eternal. Jesus said for the word of God says for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising his shame. We was the joy set before him, meaning none of us. We wouldn't go. Listen, if you knew what crucifixion was like, none of us will raise. Why do you think his home his his Peter, Peter, Peter was like, no, nah, I don't know the man. We're talking about Peter that cut someone's ear off. We're talking about Peter that was like, nah, you ain't dying for him. You know, this the same Peter when the pressure got on him. I don't know the man to the point that he was cussing the person out. Three times. Not twice, but three times. And then Jesus, still gracious and merciful, came back to him and nullified those three things. Right. But he has to be the joy set before us. It has to be something eternal. My ultimate, the, the number one thing that I want to see beyond being at my daughter's wedding, beyond being at my granddaughter's wedding, beyond being at my niece's wedding, beyond being at my nephew's wedding, beyond, 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 beyond all those joys of life, beyond making a million, beyond seeing my wife uh, uh, relaxed and seeing my wife uh, um, um, asking me for more money and, and more money. And I want to be able to say, you know, go do what you want to do. I, like right now, she don't, if, if she don't want to work, she don't got to work. That's the joy of a husband. But there's something greater than that that I want to see. I want to turn that corner. Dapper, whoever's at the gate, am I in or what? We good? My name on the list? Then when I get to God, 
I want his eyes. <laughs> I want his eyes. I want to see God's eyes watering. I want his eyes to be full of tears. I want him to be like, man, I'm glad you're here. I want that, that, that like, man, you did it, son. You wasn't perfect, but you got a lot done. That's what I want to hear. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Son, I know you like wings. We got the pterodactyl wings over here for you. We got the jumbo, jumbo wings for you, son. Lemon pepper. You know what I'm saying? We got the lemon pepper. We got the wedges you like, son. Son, son, if you, we got everything. I don't, I don't, that's what I care about. Because if I care about that, I'll care about everything like I care about that. If I care about God being pleased, I'll be a pleasure to everyone I'm around. So our focus has to be somewhere higher in order for us to go higher. Any questions? Any thoughts? Comments? Everybody's good? All right. Love y'all. We're done.